Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of This Is Your Brain on Podcasts. This Is Your Brain on Podcasts is brought to you by Froggy Style Productions. Before we get into this episode of the podcast, I'm just going to take a few moments here and tell you ways in which you can support the show. The most direct way in which you can support the show is by donating through our Patreon page, and that can be found at patreon.com slash fsproductions. Every little bit helps. You can donate the minimum amount, which is $1 per month, or you can donate as much as you want. If you do donate the minimum amount of $1 per month, you gain early, unedited, and ad-free access to all podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. The more you donate, the cooler rewards you do get. So thank you very much to everybody who is currently donating through our Patreon page. And if you would like to check it out, I will have a link in the episode notes. And the website, again, is patreon.com slash fsproductions. Check it out. It helps a lot. If you're looking for a free way in which you can support the show, just share the podcast with your friends. Share it on social media comment, like, stuff like that. It all really helps with visibility. Also, you can leave a rating and a review on whatever podcast app you are listening on. So whether it be Stitcher or Google Play or iTunes, ratings and reviews do help a bunch with visibility and it helps us just get seen by more people. So if you're looking for a free way to support the show, you can do that. You can also consider signing up for our monthly newsletter. You can find that at fsproductions.ca. It's the very first thing that you're going to see. It's right on the homepage. You just type in your email. It takes five seconds. You hit submit. It's less than five seconds, actually. It's like two seconds, depending on how long your email is, that is. Anyways, the newsletter gets mailed out on the first Monday of every month. And it just keeps you up to date with all the podcasts that get released through Froggy Style Productions. So there's a show release schedule that comes with every email. There's also a list and YouTube clips of all the podcasts from the previous month, as well as a direct link to our monthly Spotify playlist, the Let the Groove Talk monthly mixtape so yeah if you're interested sign up for the newsletter like i said it keeps you up to date with everything we're doing and if there is any special news or discount codes or giveaways your name is automatically entered into all giveaway uh things amalgamations, uh, whatever that word is. Anyways, you'll automatically be entered to win stuff. So all you have to do, sign up with your email. You could possibly win free stuff. So that's pretty cool, I think. Also, while you're there, check out the website. There's lots of cool bonus content at fsproductions.ca. There's a podcast recommendation and review page. There's album reviews. There's lots of cool articles and stuff like that. Just kind of supplementary content for the podcast. So check it out, fsproductions.ca. 
on this episode of the podcast, I am joined by Danica Power. Danica Power is a teacher and an author here in Calgary. She also happens to be my sister-in-law. So, hey, that's a fun fact for you. I really enjoyed talking to Danica. We talked about her first ever published book, which is called Kingdom Come the Second. And I will have a link of where you can purchase that book in the episode notes. I highly recommend you do. It is very thrilling. So we talk all about that. We talk kind of about the writing process and just kind of how she goes through in writing a book. Because I don't know if any of you have tried, but writing a book and keeping all of that organized, all your thoughts, all the timelines, all the characters, just everything that is involved in writing a book can be kind of overwhelming and hard to keep straight. So we talk about ways and tricks in which she does that and also the creative process and just basically writing in general as well as a lot of other interesting subject matter involving her and teaching and stuff like that. I really had fun talking to Danica and I hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I did recording it. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you have a great day. basement out of all of where I live there's only two windows <laughs> oh. so I have this big window here behind us and then there's the one you know tiny little basement window in the basement yeah so there's a I couldn't live in a basement again yeah there's a little bit of a lack of light mm -hmm. but it works out better this way me being down also the basement room kind of sucks so you don't people. yeah I, I was like I figure better me living in the sucky part of the house than somebody else. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I owned a house, I'd be like, nah, I get the nice stuff. Yeah. If someone wants to run for me, they get the crap. <laughs> I also figured that it would, uh, you know, if I put somebody in the basement, it would attract a certain type of renter versus if I let somebody have that upper floor. That's fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I, I was like, I feel like if I rent out the top floor, then I might get somebody who's a little bit more respectable in here. <laughs> that's possible. Lord knows Tori and I are not respectable people. Uh, we have no face. <laughs> <laughs> I just figured I was more likely to get, like, some 18-year-old or something yeah, who's like, like... I just need a place to live wherever. I don't yeah, care. Exactly. Yeah. We'll have people all over all the time and yeah. be loud and... I'm over that. I'm 29 now. <laughs> <laughs> old. <laughs> and I was over that when I was, like, 22. Yeah, I, I know. I was an 18-year-old. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, you're the worst. So funny. You don't think it's, like, that long ago, but then you realize, like, yeah, I was an entirely different person when I was 18. Yeah, I think there, like, I was chatting with someone about that the other day. It's like, I think that there's really something significant, like, there's a significant age gap 
between like early 20s and late 20s like honestly because mm-hmm. like early 20s a lot of people are like still in, in post-secondary or like traveling and like still dating and stuff like that and a lot of people by the time they're like in their late 20s are like settling down and like getting houses and in and, and careers and stuff and it's like such like you think like oh the teens to 20s is so significant I'm like i don't know i think almost more significant is like early teens to late 20s or even yeah. late 20s i think like it's it comes with like i think like four or five year chunks you know what i mean yeah. so from like 18 to like 23 is kind of similar and then like 23 to 28 kind of similar but yeah. once you start hitting like kind of yeah. that later period like yeah. I don't know. You just you have more of an idea of what life is. Yeah. You have kind of a more like a better idea of what you want to do with your life, um, yeah. what direction you want to take it, and stuff like that. So. Yeah. 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 But I agree. Like mid twenties, even it was kind of weird, but it's like a transition period. You're like still kind of partying all the time, but like also. You're starting to get sick of it. Like, yeah, I have responsibilities. I'm like, I have to be up early. Yeah. And I feel like crap yeah. <laughs> after a morning. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that kind of, when I got, like, an actual big boy job, <laughs> yeah. like an adult job, where I had to be responsible at work. I wasn't just some, like, random worker who could show up, like, super hungover yeah, and still do my job. Guy in charge. There's actually, like, responsibility to my job now that <laughs> would be really hard to do hungover. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like, you're a teacher, so I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you can't just, like, show, hungo- show nope. hungover. <laughs> Probably be frowned upon. Is there teachers who just show up super hungover? <laughs> I think there, like, there, I think there have been instances where teachers are like, oh, damn, like, I drank way more than I thought I would on, like, a Thursday night or whatever. Yeah. And I'm very hungover mm. but uh a lot of the time that's what like personal days are for We're like <laughs> oh i was saving this up to like go on vacation or like do something fun but i guess i'll just be hungover <laughs> that's when you know you fucked up when you have to take yeah. a personal day because you're hungover yeah <sighs> I mean, it makes sense though like i do the same thing sometimes i just i'm like i drank a little bit more than i meant to I mean, teachers are just people, so... Yeah. And, the, like, teachers are people who are younger than me, even, for example. Yeah. Like, you are younger yeah. than me, and you are a teacher, so... Yeah. Yep, we are expected to be superhuman. <laughs> Perfect, flawless beings. Yeah. Which is part of the reason I never want to live in Airdrie, because I don't want to run into my kids when I'm, like, wandering around, like, my my weekend hippie <laughs> self where I'm like I don't wear a bra on the weekends I dress like a total slob like not a slob but like <laughs> definitely not school appropriate stuff where I'm like oh this is what not appropriate for school that's fair uh, so do you ever get like with social media and stuff do your kids try and like follow you oh yeah all oh, freaking time really holy crap <laughs> yeah the minute they find out that I have like snapchat or instagram they're like oh we're gonna find you and then they do and i'm like well i'm not letting you follow me like i have high privacy on my instagram and my facebook and i don't let anyone follow me or see me if i don't want them to yeah because yeah i don't i don't want no that's that's like still part of my personal life yeah stopping that's weird but uh it was funny because back a few like quite a few months ago actually um I was showing 
my students a picture of my brother because they're like I was talking about him and they're like what's your brother like I'm like well he's like a boy he looks like a boy version of me like we look very much like <laughs> thicker eyebrows but he's like a boy version of me yeah and they're like we can't picture that we like that's hard to picture so I was like yeah I'll show you a picture of him at the end of class and so I was showing them a picture and I didn't have any on my phone because I deleted them all because it's dumb but um and I, I showed them a picture of him on Instagram and they're like oh we know what his Instagram is now I'm like oh damn I didn't like I did not think that one <laughs> so then he's getting all these friend requests and like private message requests from these like 14 year old kids who are like hey hey we're Miss Powers students can we follow like let me follow you man and then they're like bombarding him asking him where our wedding was like where's <laughs> where's uh where's Madame Power getting married and he's like lying he's lying he's like uh Edmonton uh Jamaica like he's just saying like <laughs> just random BS spots. answers <laughs> and uh and then they found Tori through that because they're like oh well we know Tori's name is Tori, so we're gonna go find him in uh, your brother's friend list. I'm like, <laughs> you're gonna go through my brother's friend list, which I don't even know how many friends he has, and find the one that's Tori. And sure enough, like three of them found Tori, and uh, he actually came to one of their soccer games because uh, we were going out for dinner right after. He was going out for drinks with the coaches, and uh, the kid walks up, was like, "Hey, Tori, seven one nine." And he's like, "What the hell?" I'm like, "Yeah, grade nines are such weirdos. They're such creepers. They're so creepy." I tell them that too. I'm like, "You know, how creepy this is. You're just like finding." Me and people you don't even know on Instagram and being like, let us follow Like, you're being creepy. Yeah. Stop being creepy. Yeah. It's different if you just, like, happen upon something and you're like, okay, follow that person. But when you're, like, searching out somebody in your personal life so that you can get pictures of somebody else who doesn't want to follow you, that's that's called stalking almost. Yes. (laughs) He did something even creepier with one of the, like, uh, he was, like, a... He was was a science teacher covering for one of our other science teachers because she was on, like, a medical leave yeah and uh they had to do a project for him and they're like oh hey man power like check out the project we made for him and i'm looking and on the back page they have a picture of him from like years ago i'm like where did you guys get this picture of your teacher and like we found it on facebook i'm like what the heck I'm like, yeah we, we we went on facebook and then we searched him up and then we found him and then we, like went into his pictures and found a picture of him from university and then put it in. I'm like, you guys are creepy. Stop being creepy. Like, you're being stalkers and I don't think you realize how freaking creepy it is. Well, God, the- you're so weird. <laughs> I feel like probably because they've grown up with it, that it's just normal it's, for them. Yeah, it is. They're like, oh, if I want to find out something about someone, I just find their social media accounts and learn what I can about them. Yeah. Like, it's, like, kind of our fault for putting all that stuff on social yeah. media, you know what yeah. I mean? But Yeah, and it's it's tricky, too, because, like, so many parents, like, we're at that age where, like, like us, like, our people as parents, we're going to know about social media and stuff mm. to look out for. But, like, the parents of these kids coming up right now is kind of like Gen X, I guess, Gen, yeah. no, Gen Z, um, that's coming up. They're, like, they're for the most part pretty cognizant but like there's so much still happening that they don't they don't know kind of what to warn their kids about and like to what to help their kids with and it's yeah it's so weird and I think it's gonna I'm very interested to see how 
teaching goes, like all the hidden curriculum goes in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Because hidden, hidden curriculum is just as important as like real curriculum. It's essentially like just the, the background skills and knowledge that you give. So training kids to not be freaking stalkers is hidden <laughs> curriculum. Because like it's not written anywhere like, hey, teach your kids to not be freaking creepy. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, hmm, it's my responsibility as a teacher seeing them being creepy to be like... Stop hey guys, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop being creeps. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. we came to the social media game a little late. Like, well, at least me yeah. and my generation, it was high school, you know? Yeah, no, but, and same, same with, yeah. yeah. Like, we had inklings of it in junior high with, like, MySpace and, like, Nexopia and shit like that. Yeah. But, but really, when everybody got on social media, it was, like, high school yeah. that that happened. Yeah. Absolutely. So. I mean, because, I mean, Snapchat came out when I was in grade, like, 11 or 12. Yeah. And I remember it was, and it's changed so much since then as well. Because, like, it, it originally was, those photos were, like, very temporary. Mm. And you couldn't set the timer on how long the photo was up for. Or you could, but and now they're just permanent. Like, it's yeah, it just up g- until you tap until it. Until you tap it, yeah. And it's, it's so weird mm-hmm. how, yeah, stuff just adapts and changes. And, yeah. Yeah. It's even just like when you look at Facebook and how Facebook has changed, like Facebook used to just be people making statuses. It was kind of like Twitter, you know what I mean? Yeah. People would just like tell you what they're doing. They're like, oh man, I'm stoked for this. And you're yeah. like trying to project your life onto the internet. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't want to project my life onto the internet. Like I just, yeah. Facebook, nobody really makes statuses anymore no. that are like, you know, you know, your typical kind of. Yeah. Like, I look at, I like the, I really love when, um, like, on this day and your memories pop yeah, up. Yeah, Because I got, I got Facebook when I was in high school, I'm pretty sure, like, really late junior high. Yeah. Uh, yeah, grade, grade eight or nine, I think. And, uh, so it's really funny. It's like, oh, on this day, like, ten years ago, and it'll be the most obscure thing. Like, <laughs> I had such a good time with you. Like, yeah. <laughs> such a good time tonight. You know who you are. And, like, they're the most, uh, like, secretive, pass- not passive-aggressive, because that sounds weird. Some of them were. Some, some of them totally were. Some of them are totally so, like, passive-aggressive. <laughs> I'll never trust you again. Um, and, and you're just like, what? Yeah. Oh, it's like it's like a bad diary. Yeah, Actually, it is. no, it's it's... A bad diary, just as bad as my actual diary was. I found that. I was cleaning up our office and found my diary from grades 5 to beginning of grade 12. And I read it. And I was just, like, crying. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're probably, like, the stuff that I thought was important back then. Yes! Well, it was so... A lot of it, too, was just, like... They're, they're like the ones when I was younger were hilarious because it was always me writing about how my brother's ruining my life, but I couldn't spell like ruining was spelled so janky. It's like R O U E N I N G. It's like ruining. Um, and uh, yeah, all my all my diary entries from junior high and stuff were the most like vapid, uh, just airy, artsy part, like just nothing nothing of content yeah and then when i was in high school it was like i was trying to be this uh, like deep philosophical <laughs> and one one entry in particular was hysterical because it's going on 
about how oh like these people are so judgmental and like I want to tell them to stop being judgmental because your life will be so much better if you don't judge other people and then in a paragraph above that I was talking about how like oh this girl's such a slut blah 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 <laughs> it's like what how how did how did I think that that was any sort like what yeah you can't see it no and it, so it's really funny and uh, I was actually telling my friend about that she's like oh man when uh kids or adults read things as, as from like their childhood because yeah. apparently it's like a thing it's like, when it comes to town you'll have to take your diary oh, and read yeah. it like oh man yeah it's like yes uh, please i can't remember what it's called yeah it's like adults read things they wrote as kids or something yeah like and uh i would love to like <laughs> here are some select passages <laughs> from my high school diary yeah um, oh man I mean, most of my memories on Facebook is just, like, song li song lyrics, you know? You post random song lyrics, and yeah. you're like, this is exactly how I'm feeling this right now. This is representative of my soul. <laughs> also, yeah. you're like, I'm trying to be edgy, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> you're also basically just being like, hey, look at this, I like this cool band. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just, like, I can remember all those things, like, subtly going through my mind, but still, like, posting it anyway, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah. I also found, I recently found a story that I wrote from, like, junior high. Nice. Yeah, it's interesting. So great. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, man, this is, this is a New York Times bestseller quality material. Oh, man. That was, yeah. And, like, you could tell, like, there's so many things in it where I'm just going, like, ah, because I'm, like, clearly trying to extend the, like, length of it because I think it needed to be two pages <laughs> so there's like a line of just args and stuff and there's, that's done like four times and I'm like oh my gosh this is a very onomatopoeic story yeah lots of sound and I have to describe it at length yeah it was uh it was interesting to read it's funny. to say the least I I love finding stuff like that my mom recently gave me the first book I ever like first novel I ever started yeah. uh, from when I was 12 years old and uh, I am so stoked to sit down and read it because <laughs> if I remember and I'm probably remembering this as even better than it was but it was bad like it was such garbage because I started writing it and I didn't really realize the whole the whole idea of like plots and that you know books have a storyline and normally they'd, like, oh, introduction, like, rising action, climax, falling action. And so I'm pretty sure it's just, like, just constant rising action. There's no, like, there's no end game for it. It was just like, I'm writing a story. And it has no sort of, it's, like, just a plateau. I was like, oh, this thing happened, and now we're plateaued. Yeah. And there's no end game. There's no, there's no climax for it. It was just like, um, yeah. <laughs> just gonna keep introducing characters and keep having things happen, but they're not like all that exciting. They're just stuff. And just... Stuff is happening. And so, it keeps going up, and then yeah. it's resolved. And yeah. so I super want to read that <laughs> so I can weep at how poorly I wrote as a child. <laughs> that reminds me of the scene in How I Met Your Mother, where. They're like going out for New Year's and Barney brings a mix CD and he's like, some people think a good mix CD should be a combination of rise and fall, but yeah. I think a good mix CD should be all rise and he yeah. plays it and then shot through the heart comes on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, that was this, except it was not all rise, it was all like 
fall. Like, it was all medium, <laughs> medium excitement action. All just subpar action. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was... You could, you could tell in the ring, like, there's no direction for it. Mm. Oh, man, it was so good. <laughs> so when you do write, do you, like... Do you plot stuff out? Do you kind of know? Oh, yeah. Do you have like a beginning and an end in mind, and you mm-hmm. kind of plot out events in between, or how do you do that? Yeah. So more often than not, that is exactly what I do. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, my my writing development has changed so much in the, in in like I generally still follow the same kind of thing. I always use my mountain diagram, and there are so many just like mountain diagrams tucked into places and I was like oh oh I just thought of a really cool thing for a plot and like oh this is the climax and then this is the falling action and this is the rising action and this is the introduction I'll have like just three things yeah. like intro climax whatever and uh, sometimes it'll start like I'll know the end and sometimes I'll know the beginning middle and end uh, sometimes I'll like have a middle and like what would happen if this like this is the main big climactic moment of something i don't know what the story is yet but like this is the climax of it Mm. and uh yeah it's it's like a weird film the blank puzzle sometimes and a lot of the time i'll have ideas for stuff and i'll just write it down and then leave it for some other time because i don't i'll have a character i'll have a setting or i'll have a specific scene in mind that i want to write but i don't just want to write the scene i want it to be part of like a cohesive thing Mm. entity so yeah, it. More often than not, though, I'll sit down, draw out my my mountain diagram, and add in like my steps. Especially if it's something that um, I am going to be writing as like a full story, and I know that. Like when I was writing Kingdom Come, I did that. And when I'm writing Distant Kingdoms, the sequel, it's very much following that same process where I'm like I got my mountain diagram and um it's tricky because like I know I'm working on the introduction right now and I'm so lost in it um I know like what is the kickoff action to get the rest of the story going but getting to that point I'm like I don't don't know (laughs) so it's been it's been a lot of writing a chapter deleting a chapter rewriting a chapter deleting a chapter (laughs) and uh yeah it's yeah it's tricky. <laughs> do you write? Do you write it in order? So do you, do you like start with the introduction? You go from A to B, or do you just write a bunch of stuff and then you kind of organize it oh, as you go? I wish I was like bop, boppling around enough to be able to organize it like that, but I have to write it chronologically. Yeah. Um, there are times like I find that sometimes I'll go in and edit stuff where I take stuff out that I'm like, oh, I don't need this, and like I didn't need that. Mm. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I, I I write it chapter by chapter, like one at a time. What comes next, kind of sequence of events. Yeah. Um, there have been instances where I'm like, oh man, like I really want to skip ahead like two chapters because I know what's going to happen in two chapters. Yeah. There's something going on right now. Like they are here. They need to get to this like point B. Something's going to happen in between, but I really want to get that point B scene started. And so sometimes it will jump ahead and then fill in the blank between but i i rarely do that that's normally if i'm like i am at a writer's block for where i am right right now but i know what comes on mm-hmm. in a few pages in a few chapters and i'll i'll get started on that and go forward yeah, yeah. okay 
Like, and sometimes I feel like you just have to, like, capture those ideas as they happen. Yeah. Because you always think that, like, you're going to remember things. You're like, man, this is such uh-uh. a great idea. How could I forget this? It sucks for me. <laughs> the places, the places I get my best ideas, at least to me, they like, where I'm like, oh, oh, I've been stuck for this for so long, and then I'm trying to get through it, and then the moments that I'll be like, oh, oh, I know what I'm going to do next, will be in the shower. Yeah. In bed when I'm trying to sleep, or when I'm in the car. Yeah. So I always have like notepads on my bedside table, and uh, it annoys Tori because uh, like I I don't turn on the light, but then I'm just fumbling around in the dark trying to find like a pen and a notepad. <laughs> so I have I have like a notepad that just has these really big words that are like really kind of hard to to, to read because I've written them in the pitch black. And I'm not entirely sure where the paper is. So they're like like middle of the page. Some of the words are like overlapped and written over top of each other. So I'm like, okay, I think that line ended here. I'll write down below. Sometimes it'll be like a word at the top and I've taken up the entire page with it because I have no idea how big it is. And then just have like five words, just one after the other, just down the page. (laughs) Written like massive, like a three-year-old wrote it. And it's... super funny and I started keeping little notebooks on me at all times um I also have car or pens in my cars and there was a point where I was I had something pop into my brain like I need to remember this and uh, I had a pen in my just like in my cup holder and I was driving and I wrote on my leg (laughs) I wasn't even looking so it was just like this scribble in blue ink that like I could just barely decipher but it was almost like just the the action of writing it down even if I couldn't make it exactly what the words were remembering I was like oh okay I remember what I wrote so I'll write it down for real now not on my thigh (laughs) yeah and uh yeah so yeah like honestly the action of just writing something down like solidifies it in my memory that I don't yes. even have to like actually look at what I wrote down anymore yeah. <laughs> but if I don't write it down then it like will just completely go right? away yeah. yeah I try to tell my students that all the time <laughs> yeah even just like you don't even have to look at it it's honestly if you just write, write it down, down just it even somewhere just on a piece more. of paper like yeah. it it's... really helps for some reason yeah but I'll yeah kick back for that <laughs> <The> <laughs> students I'm like eh. Well, yeah, students are, I was, like, agendas, when, like, every year we got an agenda, and, like, every, every teacher would be different about the agenda, some were like, okay, no, you use your agenda, blah, I'm gonna check it and stuff, and then others were like, you're kind of adults, do what you (laughs) want, like, (laughs) even though you're not an adult at all, but, yeah, I was terrible at using agendas. For the first time in my life, I'm actually using a calendar to keep my life organized nice how's that how's that working it's all right yeah i have stuff like uh because like on google calendars you can like add goals they are Mm -hmm. so you can be like i want to read for 15 minutes a day yeah you can like put that in and then set it be like every day around this time read for 15 minutes and you can like check it off and you're like you get a little dopamine bump from being like I checked something off yep. my list hooray so I'm, so like, <laughs> I'm so bad for keeping calendars and it's funny because like I'm a teacher so I should be like good at it um and I find that it's because of teaching I'm like su- I'm super dedicated to using my calendar and like yeah checking off my lists and doing all this for the first like three and a half months that I have a calendar or planner or whatever 
And then the, the last, like, half month, I'm just like, and this is not, like, it's just completely <laughs> useless because everything is hell. Uh, normally it's exam week, exam breaks during those times anyways, so normally life is hell anyways. So I'm just like, um, we're just going to finish stuff. I don't even know. I'm not going to write it down. We're just going to finish stuff up. It's going to be great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think it's a sign of maturity. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to use a calendar. Yeah. Also, I'll just remember stuff. Yeah. Also, your life just gets so busy. I don't know why. Yeah. It doesn't seem like I'm doing more things, but for some reason, like, things keep getting filled in, and yeah. I'm like, why don't I have any time? <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I have a bad knack for being like, I have so much time, and then I look at it, I'm like, ah, no, I don't. Like, yeah. I really don't. I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I've got so much time to, like, go for drinks with someone, or I'm starting a, a D&D with some friends of ours, and... Um, like there's dance and, and writing and school and everything in between all of them. I'm like, yeah, I've got, got time. But then I forget that, no, like those take up a lot of, a lot of my life hours. And, uh, Tori would point out that that's because I don't fully understand how time works, which is admittedly very true. I'm really bad at time. <laughs> um... There was, there was, and I still struggle with it sometimes where if I know I need to be somewhere at a certain time, I grossly, grossly underestimate how long it's going to take me to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, even with like Google Maps, i be like, hey, how long is it going to take me to get from point A to point B? I'll be like, oh, 15 minutes. I'm like, I'll leave 15 minutes before I have to be there. Yeah. And Tori's just sitting there being like, you're the stupidest person. You yeah. need to leave like... 25 minutes yeah. because knowing you you're gonna start getting ready to go and then you're like oh i forgot to like put on deodorant or like wash my hair or something and, uh he's like so no you have to leave way way earlier than that is and even when i was in university it was worse where i kind of thought that if i had to be somewhere by a certain time i had to leave at that time like i did not time is Oh, I hate time. <laughs> time throws me off. I don't get how it works a good 90% of the time. Honestly, like, uh, what I assume is that I just assume in this city it's just going to take me half an hour to get anywhere. That's fair. So I'm just like, it'll take me half an hour, and then I just leave with half an hour in mind, usually, and I'm usually pretty good about it. Yeah. So... Um, unless it takes longer than half an hour, then I'm usually late, but... <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I'm adamant about the half hour rule. <laughs> <laughs> takes less, I'll be there early. If it takes more, I'll be there, well, probably a little bit late. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I'm either, like, early, right on time, or late, which is, I guess, the only options that you can yeah. be anyway, so... <laughs> it's like, Tori gets super annoyed at me when we're, we're late somewhere, and... I'm bad because I don't like being late if it affects other people. If I'm going to be late to, like, a party, like, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's certain things that I have less issues being late to. But, like, we went on a hike the other day, and I was so dumb, and we were supposed to meet at 9.15, and somehow I got that we were meeting at 10. (laughs) So at 9.30... Uh, I get a call from the girl we're meeting up with to go hiking with. She's like, are you guys still coming? I'm like, yeah, we're like just about to leave. She's like, oh, you were supposed to be here 15 minutes ago. I'm like, what? <laughs> we were supposed to be there at 10. She's like, no, at 9.15. I'm 
Oh, well, we'll be there in like 25 minutes. Yeah, so be there at 10. <laughs> it's a 25-minute drive for us, and we're going to leave now. Yeah. And uh, I felt like such a dink, and like I'm driving, and Tori's like, it's fine, we'll get there when we get there. And like he's he was annoyed with me and then realized I was really upset with myself. And uh, he's like, it's, like it's, it's fine. And I was like, I hate, I hate putting other people on the line. I hate people waiting for me. But... So if people aren't waiting on me, I'm like, eh, yeah. <laughs> I'll show up whenever. No, it doesn't matter when you show up to a party. Yeah. It's like, I, I have a rule. If you're like 10 minutes late, you're not really late. That's just like margin of error. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, who really cares? Like even 15 minutes, it's like that's margin of error. Yeah. Traffic, getting anywhere in the city can be a pain in the ass. Yeah. It's really once you get into like the half hour range where you're like, uh. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. That's the nice thing about living in north east calgary and then working in airdrie is it's honestly only half an hour to get there which is crazy because like anyone working anywhere else in the city would be like yeah yeah during rush hour it would take like 45 minutes mm. I'm like yep don't have to deal with that it's very nice yeah i uh because my friend lives in airdrie brendan yeah yeah so sometimes we go and meet him after work there yeah and I drive to Airdrie from all the way down here because oh my work God. is just in the... So I pretty much take Deerfoot from one end, like from South Barlow to all the way to Airdrie. Yeah. And every time I make that drive after work in rush hour, I'm like, I would kill myself if I had to do this every yeah. day. I would take... I would almost take Stony at that point. I've, I've tried Stony too. It's like a bit better. Yeah. Like, it's just because you... It takes about the same amount of time, but you feel like you're moving and making more progress for longer, at least, before it gets to, like, bumper-to-bumper traffic. Yeah, that's fair. But it's just... Man, I just could not deal with that every day. I would go insane. Yeah. Yeah. That was totally fair. That's That's... Again, like the like the awesome part about where we live is we're just past all like we're moving against traffic. Mm-hmm. So, because everyone's heading into into downtown for the most part, and mm-hmm. we're heading like out of the city, so we're moving against traffic, and it works out so 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 well. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's really the crappy part of finding a house is finding a place that has as good of a commute. Yeah. But still is like nice and central to everything because I I really do like where we live right now. Yeah. It's nice being closer to downtown. Yeah, well, we, we I go I go do events downtown quite a go to events and go do things, and my best friend lives downtown, and if I ever do need to catch, like, an Uber and stuff, it's, like, 15 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, it's, like, nothing. Yeah. So that was awesome. Yeah, even to get down, like, where I live now, it's, like, 25 to 30 bucks, which is better than it was when there was only taxis, because yeah. it was usually 40 to 50 bucks, but... Yeah. I mean, now when I need, I don't think I've ever taken the train more since I've had a car than I have this year, just like going downtown and stuff. Because yeah. like I don't like driving downtown because just oh, a, no. try to park and I get so many parking tickets downtown because I just have like an aversion to paying for parking. You get the app. I I love the parking. App. I should I should, but like I said, I have this aversion for to paying for parking. I always I... try and like find free parking, or I'll be like I'll risk it. I'll like park somewhere. I'll be like. I'll risk it. Yeah. I would just, oh, I mean, I would, if you're, if you're going to risk it, you should park in not city parking lot, like private stuff, because yeah. they have no legal, Yeah. they have no legal authority. Yeah, it's awesome. I've done that before. Yeah. Like, I, I was taking, I was like, I'm not paying this. And yeah. they're like, you should pay this. I'm like, no. no. I, like, I, got, I got my first one at, at our dance studio, the parking lot right next to it. Um, it sucks, because like, there is a parking lot behind the dance studio. There are six stalls. No. Oh. 
And it's also like a, a bridal boutique. Yeah. So more often, like there's generally like a couple cars already there. And then there's this whole lot right next to it that's just like fully open, uh, but it's a privately owned parking lot. And also the signage for it is super stupid because it, it uh, there's like two spots that say public parking, please pay a meter. And then all the other ones are like reserved parking from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And then um, public parking after 6 p.m. and on, week on weekends or whatever. And so you're like, oh, cool, public parking. It doesn't say anything about, like, please pay a meter or whatever. So uh, no one was paying for the longest time. And then a bunch of people started getting so many tickets. <laughs> and it's normally, like, after 6 as well, because dad's classes are normally... Um, the earliest ones are 5.30. Uh, but normally there's people coming in for, like, the 6.30 or 7.30 or 8.30 classes, and they're getting tickets. And, uh, yeah, they're, like, 80 bucks. And you're like, what the hell? And uh, so I was, I was looking up online, I was like, ah, oh, they have no legal authority. Even if they do tow your car, you just call the police on them, which mm -hmm. I think is hilarious. So yeah. it's like, God. It's oh. great. Even if they send you to collections, most of the time they'll send you to like a collection ag agency that sounds official, but it's just an offshoot of like their yeah, company. Exactly. And, and then like, it there's no like. It doesn't affect no, your credit at affect, all. Yeah, it's amazing. All they have is your license plate. Yeah. They don't have your name, they don't have your address, they don't have anything to do with your banking yeah and uh so yeah i, I always look at it that way because people just panic and they're like oh my god like i have to pay the ticket I'm like, yeah no you don't yeah my first like indicator that it was bullshit it was like initially the ticket was 80 dollars, and i was like there's no way a parking ticket yeah. would be 80 dollars off the bat yeah and then it was like pay in seven days or it goes up to 150 i was like fuck that no yeah ways. <laughs> get out of here yeah there's no parking tickets that would do that you know yeah. so I was oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. I did the same thing. I looked at, I Googled it. I was like, do I have to pay this? And like, most of the answers are like, no, don't pay this. This yeah. is a scam. And you're like, yeah. oh, sweet. <laughs> it's like the most legal scam. Yeah. But it's still such trash. And yeah. I hate, oh, I hate it. Yeah. This is when I go on my like anti-capitalism rant. <laughs> like, you can't just own cement and charge people to leave their damn cars on it. The, you don't provide any sort of, Tori argued me like they do provide a service, the parking service. I'm like, but they like they they don't. They provide you a place to park your car. And I'm like, but yeah, but I, that's not. There's no. Honestly, if it, like yeah. if they wanted to enforce it better, they would have an employee there yes, instead of just exactly. a computer. But like, and then exactly. if they were there, if there was an employee there with a gate that went up and down, and you were like, if you want to park your car here, you pay this man, and yep. then you park your car here. That's that would. That would work. Arguably that's a system, much more a service. <laughs> yeah, that's a system that works, too. Yes. Like, you cannot park unless you pay. But on these ones, you're like, I'm just not going to pay because there's nobody watching. There's yeah. obviously somebody going around to see if you paid, but yeah. that's it. Like, that's... Like, well, you're, you're the fool who got employed by these people because, you know, no one's going to pay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like I said, instead of having that guy walk around and check to see who's paid... Just ha put that guy in a booth with an arm, and people will pay, or else they won't park. Like. Yeah. yeah, it's just the system is flawed. The parking system is flawed. Yep. Yeah, I will always pay for city parking, but apart from that, I'm like, nope. Yeah, I refuse. Also, I've had my car towed before, and it sucks. So really, yeah, from like for city parking or no, I didn't like my registration was expired, and it was parked <gasps> on the street. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so I, like, got home from work one day, and I was just like, gone. uh, where's my car? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Uh, it's like, so it's either stolen or it's been... I thought it was stolen, but yeah. <laughs> it just got towed. So yeah. technically it was still was stolen, yeah. <laughs> just by... Legally stolen. Legally, it was legally stolen. removed from your possession. Yeah, so that wasn't super fun. <laughs> That's... Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Mm, yeah, it was. I mean, it was like, a lesson. Funny in, in, in hindsight. Yeah, it but, was a lesson. Uh, yeah, I, I will frequently have a fear that my car has been stolen from the school, even though I'm right there. Because uh, if, when Tori and I were carpooling together, uh, if I drove, I'd park it, like, just behind, out, just outside my window so I could see it all the time. And there'd be days where I totally forgot I didn't drive, and I'd go to look out, I'm like, where the hell's my car? <laughs> like, oh, Tori drove me today. Don't have a car, it's at home. Yeah. It's funny how you can have, like, memory for some stuff. Like, you can remember stuff from, like, eight years ago, whatever, perfectly vividly. But something that literally happened that day, just, like... Gone. If it's, like, different from the norm, it's yeah. just, like, completely out of your mind. <laughs> I have such bad memory, and, like, Tori, Tori will be the first to, to point that out. Uh, he's like, I have, I have really bad memory, and, like, I, it sucks, because he re he'll remember and bring up stuff that happened, like, two, three years ago, and, like, they were significant things, I'm like, I don't remember this, and it's, yeah, it's weird, I just have really, really bad memory and uh it sucks because there's so much stuff and I'm like oh man like I vaguely remember this thing happening or whatever but I don't like I can't like visualize it really well it's like this very blur obscure blurry obscure memory of something <laughs> just a mishmash of yeah. colors and blobs yeah. and <laughs> sounds yeah, I have a pretty good memory, too, but only for certain things, and sometimes yeah. it's, like, the stupidest things. It's like, why do I remember this very specific detail about this event, but I can't remember the entire event around it? Yeah. 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 So, I don't know. I I think I'm going to blame it on. I have so much other stuff to, mem to remember that I don't remember, like, memory stuff. <laughs> That's fair. I think you only have so much brain space. So yeah. the more you keep cramming stuff in there, like other stuff kind of has to get fall, out. fall yeah. out and get replaced. It's yeah. kind of like a computer hard drive, you know? Yeah. Like you need to make Not room. Not enough storage space. Yeah, so you got to delete some delete. stuff. <laughs> make room in internal storage. Yeah. So hopefully. Yeah, delete some photos. Yeah. Hopefully you're, because your brain's just doing that auto automatically. So hopefully it's like deleting the stuff that you really don't need, you yeah. know? But sometimes every once in a while, you know, it's get something that's really important yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's fair mm -hmm. it is so for your book and stuff yeah do you kind of draw on events that happen in real life and kind of apply them into a fantasy world or how do you what's the process for that pretty much yeah like um I think it was with you that I was chatting about a while ago it was like fantasy novels quite frequently address like political or um like social issues mm. um I don't know if, I don't know if it was you now or not but um and like yeah I, I guess I kind of follow that thematic trope along with with my fantasy novels where um yeah like the first one is very uh politically religious political religiosity <laughs> where it's it's yeah like a very corrupt religious it's yeah kind of based off of like the older 
older political institutions, religious institutions that are, were like taking over and being very corrupt and stuff. So, yeah, um, I do tend to draw a lot from, from actual real life things. And maybe not like modern issues, but like issues as a whole or issues from the past. Um, and being a social studies teacher, I, I love history now. I hated social studies in high school. Uh, I thought it was the stupidest. It was one of my worst classes. And now I'm like, oh my god, I wish I paid more attention. Because um, I think it's fascinating. So I do apply some historical stuff um, into my books. And like I was, I was discussing with Tori how um, my sequel uh, is, is drawing on uh i was describing it to him he's like it sounds very much like you're following a sort of um like the the like china versus the mongols in your next book i'm like kind of sorta yeah a little <laughs> bit like everything's tweaked a little bit where um it's 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 altered ever so slightly but uh yeah i do tend to draw on on real life stuff and like a lot of my um ethnic groups in my book or a lot of the lands or a lot of cultural groups are based on uh mashups of like real real life cultural or ethnic groups or um religious groups or whatever so like i think the 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 one one of the peoples that i'm introducing in the next book are kind of based it's a weird mashup on like medieval French and Edo Japanese sort of deal where it's like very very like hierarchical structures and very uh, fancy and very formal but uh, like those who are poor are very very poor and, and like kind of very strict caste structure and stuff like that so yeah a lot of drawing from real life stuff mm-hmm. but not just strictly where people are like well, this is just the French Revolution with different names. <laughs> or, like, this is just this with different names. <laughs> Enough that it's like, well, this is kind of reminiscent of this, but, like, then you've got this whole thing that happens that has nothing to do with that historical thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make any sort of sense in that historical context, but makes sense in a, a fantasy context, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel like, like fantasy novels, they kind of either address the past or the present a lot. Same yeah. with, like, historical fiction. I would call, like, them in the same kind of category. Mm-hmm. And I find, like, science fiction obviously kind of addresses the future. Yeah. You can have fantasy, I guess, that addresses the future, too, but... Yeah. Well, um, there's actually one... one. I don't read a ton of sci-fi, and there's... Um, I, I kind of want to read more. I, I mainly read just fantasy or urban fantasy... Uh, or historical fiction, those are kind of my like main go-tos. Mm. But um, there was a really, really good uh, sci-fi that I read by a local author uh, named Adam Drees, uh, and it's it's a fantasy that I actually loved it, and I, I it's one of those books I'm like I'm probably gonna read it again because uh, it wasn't a super complex read where I'm like oh my gosh this is taking me forever to get through. Um, but it was, it was great. And it was called the man on cloud nine or the man of cloud nine. And it's essentially like it's set slightly in the future. And it's about this guy who builds like nanobot technology and it essentially replaces smartphones where people now have like 
nanobots living in their body and they get to interact with them and do all this neat stuff the way that we have adapted to use like smartphones to make our lives easier but his nanobot technology um uh, he's always like trying to improve it and do all this stuff and at one point it's like uh killing him because he's like just pushing the limits too far and it, it was such a good book at like or yeah such a good book that was just addressing the theme of like at what point are like technological advancements too far and like like how far can human ingenuity go before it's like detrimental to ourselves yeah and uh, it was super good and it was full of like intrigue and and stuff like that because uh like he's got competitors who are trying to steal his stuff and spy on him and 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 steal his technology or adapt his technology or or ruin his his technology and it was yeah super super good book and uh one of the few sci-fis that i've read that i just be like oh, like i was super into it from the beginning and yeah and stayed into it because yeah yeah yeah. I've actually come to like I used to mostly exclusively read like it's pretty much historical fiction yeah. and then like nonfiction books. Yeah. But I've started like branching out a little bit more and uh I'm reading a lot more like sci fi and kind of mm-hmm. fantasy and stuff now. But like the thing about sci fi is it's always like it's just there there's this one author that I really like, his name's Kim Stanley Robinson. Mm-hmm. He wrote this book and it was called it's called Aurora but basically what it's about is it's about humans traveling to another star system basically yeah. to try and set up a world cool. and they travel in this huge spaceship that's like a biome you know mm-hmm. so that they can travel through space cuz it takes generations to get there yeah, so like yeah. there's none of the original people who left earth are still alive in the spaceship and stuff yeah. and then they get to the system and they find out that they like have to go home and stuff and it like tells you about all like the political intrigue and stuff like that and then there's this part where there's an ai and the ai is getting smarter throughout the book and an entire section of the book is just dedicated to the thoughts of this ai so he's thinking like an ai would but he's thinking like the ai is super rudimentary at first and as the section progresses it thinks it's like gaining more and more consciousness oh it's such a such a good read but i just like I just starting I'm starting to appreciate just all types of books more because they're inherently they're just stories and I find that all stories have some sort of bigger message behind them. Yeah. They're trying to convey something with the story, you know yeah. what I mean? So you kinda have to find like what is it, you know? Yeah. And I, I just kinda like the fact that stories are even kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. That's that's one thing I miss about university <laughs> is uh being forced quote unquote forced to read like super complex novels and then or or just anything really and then be told like what are some like recurring themes and like where do you find them and why are they important and stuff like that and um i remember the most intense version of that we ever did was we got like a page like just one like one full page so double-sided of text from a novel that we'd read in class and we had to write a like five or six page essay on just that section. Yeah. And it was intense and it was also really, really cool because we're looking at at symbolism and like whether whether or not and there's always the, the hilarious argument of like, 
yeah i'm pretty sure the author just wrote that like tree to be green as like that's a green tree <laughs> i'm pretty sure they don't mean they have other symbolism and it's like sometimes yes sometimes yeah. no and even if not um i think that like the human mind creates patterns no matter what exactly intentionally or unintentionally so you can read a book and whether or not the author meant for uh the theme of money to have such a significant impact it still does mm -hmm. right or whatever the theme may be so yeah we wrote like these really long complex essays um on yeah essentially two pages of text and uh it was intense and and everyone came up with like slightly different stuff despite the fact that we all had the exact same text to read with mm. and it was so it was so neat and yeah there's there's certain times i'm like man i wish i was back in university and like <laughs> reading stuff um with with the intention of writing an essay on it like that's that sounds like the dorkiest thing ever but i miss <laughs> writing essays like i miss i miss pointing out patterns and things and, and finding deeper meaning to stuff whether it's me just inventing it or it was actually there the whole time mm. and uh yeah I mean, you could still do that. You could start a blog. Yeah, I, I, so it's funny. Actually, I did. I started a blog just before I got my book published. And I was trying to build a following there. But then I was like, nah, I'm just going to get it published. This is too much work. <laughs> so um, I started, like, a little bit of a following. And sometimes I, I still want to write some, yeah, like, just when I'm like, oh, man, I want to write something. But, like, I don't want to write book stuff. I just want to write, write whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've got prompts of stuff. And so I've got stuff I want to do. And, yeah, there's essays I want to write. But. It's a lot of work when I'm also teaching full time and trying to write and you know, that just stuff. general life stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're back to that thing. It's like, how do I not have any time left in yeah. my life? Yeah, I started like just quickly on the point of you know the whole symbolism thing, mm -hmm. and I think that's very right. Is even if the author doesn't know that they're choosing, say they're choosing a color for blinds and they pick blue or whatever, yeah. they may not have any deeper meaning behind the curtains being blue, but they have a very significant feel that they are trying to convey, you yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. So even if they're not aware of why they're picking blue, they're still picking blue because they are trying to convey some sort of certain feel, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And again, human, yeah, human minds are so good at picking up patterns. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, back to the thing of having no time. Is I've started, uh, what I've started doing recently, I'm only a week into it really, but I've started waking up at 6 in the morning yeah. and I'm writing for like the first hour of my day. Oh. So I'm trying to do that every every day before work. Nice. Just forcing myself to do that. Like I said, I've only done it for a week so far, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But that's what my new routine is currently yeah. at. I have no idea how my routine is going to change. Like I like getting up earlier and getting stuff done for the day before like my day actually starts yeah um because like I, I start teaching at nine and uh when tori worked in airdrie too we carpooled together and it was awesome because he had to be at work at 7 a.m uh which also sucks but like <laughs> he had to be at work at 7 a.m and so i get to the school at 7 a.m and I have two hours to get ready for the school day. And that was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it sucked a little bit more when I was doing, like, soccer, where I was, okay, I'm at the school at 7 a.m. And then I stay at the school till, like, 5, 30, 6 o'clock for, like, soccer practices or soccer games. I'm like, oh, man, like, this is a long day. <laughs> um, but I, I, I really liked it. I liked having that time to get stuff done. And I don't... I don't like being rushed when it comes to my work. Like I like being able to sit down and, and get it done. And 
Um, I still have stuff that I have to do on the weekends, but I like, for me, the big part was I like going in early and not having to bring stuff home in the evenings. I would much rather get stuff done in the mornings than have to do it in the evenings. I'm like, evenings are for me. Evenings are for me and Tori. Evenings are for me to uh, go for walks or uh, write or uh, watch Netflix or play video games. Yeah. Uh, or just, yeah, do my hobbies, do the things I like because um, my weekends are also mostly composed of, of schoolwork. So, um, e- yeah, evenings are like my time. Yeah. They are for me. <laughs> yeah. I, like, tried to do stuff in the evening, so I was trying to set aside, like, some writing time in the evening. Yeah. But I just found that, like, with work and stuff, I could just, and, like, other stuff going on, like, yeah. trying to, like, plan stuff with friends who you never see anymore and stuff, that kind yeah. of takes priority over yeah. you hanging out and writing by yourself, but yeah. I just always found that, like, something would come up or, like, I would just be too exhausted from the day and my brain just isn't working as good as it is right in the morning. So I found by setting that as, that time aside in the morning, I will have I will be able to write at least something because I know that I can get my brain going a yeah, little bit better. It's not like absolutely. exhausted from the day. That's yeah, that's totally fair. Maybe I'll have to still get up and get working around seven a.m. But <laughs> I mean, that's just what cool. that's just what works for me. You know, like everybody does it differently. Like there are people who prefer to stay up later and get like they're oh. not morning people. You know, and they work good at night. So. It's funny because, like, in the summer, I'm, I'm I'm an evening person, but I'm really not. Like, I still, I hate, I hate sleeping in really late. I feel like I wasted the whole day, mm-hmm. even though I'm like, well, I can just stay up later and do it. But then I wake up at, like, 10 or whatever, and I'm like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's most of my, my morning's gone. And it's, I, 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 yeah, I don't like staying up really late. But in the summer, it's just kind of what happens because it stays brighter later and I go out with friends and normally it's we're staying out later like last night last night I stayed out really late which is crazy I didn't get home to like 2 30 which is shocking because I don't stay out that late and uh yeah 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 <laughs> I'd much rather get up early though <laughs> yeah I find that my body like again as the older I get it just like needs like I get eight hours of sleep and I'm up like as soon as I hit that eight hour mark it's like I wake up just on my own and I'm like even if it's a weekend it's like I'll go to bed at 11 30 and I'm waking up at 7 30 then you know because that's it's that eight hours so (laughs) yeah no it's very I'm very similar not in the summer summer my sleeping patterns and time stops making sense I lose track of days like I just it's summer I don't care anymore Mm. but uh, yeah when it comes when it comes back to school time for me definitely I'm like up at 7 7 30 when I don't have my alarm set and then whatever time my alarm is set for is when I'm up for for then so it's yeah crazy Mm -hmm. so for since you do write fantasy and stuff yeah and you kind of do you create your own world then Yeah, yeah yeah I do um it's actually funny, the, so the, the main fantasy world that I've written for Kingdom Come um, is, it's a whole universe, like, um, the land itself is called Alcatore, and it's a super funny story about that, the hind, hind story, back story behind that was when I was, God, like, in junior high or something, or going into junior high, elementary school, something like that, grade six or grade seven, um, I was essentially making a live-action role-play for my brother <laughs> that was called Alcatore the Grey Witch, 
and uh, that was what we did in the summers, and like uh, I would make like for my brother and his friends, and I would make like quests for them, and I I would send them on like quests. I'm like I am a I'm a princess, and like you have to go do a quest for me, and then they go do it, and then as soon as they leave, I'm like, well, I'm the goblin now, and I have to you have to fight me, and like you have to hit me this many times for me to actually die, and like it was really really like basic, not knowing what live action role play is, but live action role play. And so the name Alcatore of the land came from this this witch, I guess, in the thing. I still don't... Again, I was not good with plots back then. It was just very, like, snippety stories. Um, and so Galadwin, the mainland in, in Kingdom Come, is the mainland in Kingdom Come. <laughs> but uh, there's um, the first, like, full-length novel I wrote... Uh, which was original, like so original. The name was called My Story because I had no other name for it. Um, was set in a land that's like to the south of Galadwin. Okay. And uh, I might, I might eventually rewrite it, but uh, I've got plans for like other lands in, in that as like spin-off stories or like their own series and stuff like that. And um, yeah, so like I, I made that universe. For them myself i guess it was a world um but yeah that, that one's my own like there's creatures of my own making in it um like my bird creatures uh that are called fowlin my half cat people which like i know a lot of fancy fancy universes have like half cat um people but i just kept them my own names and have their own special characteristics or race characteristics about them and uh, an orc-like creature called Farron. Um, they're purple. <laughs> <laughs> they're purple and have red eyes. Normally red eyes or yellow Like a eyes. deep purple or like a Like very, a gray purple. Like a gray, okay, yeah. not like a grape purple. <laughs> no, no. no, they're not walking out looking like grape people. No, there's like, they have like an ashy purple kind of okay, tone to their okay, skin. Okay. And, so uh, scarier purple for sure. Yeah, and they're like giant. Like they're, they're average, like six feet tall. Yeah. Um, Thank you for calling me giant. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm like of average height for some of my so like like for them six feet tall is like shorter average. Okay. For them like six cool. and a half is is much more normal. Um yeah. yeah. They're and they're also just like built and they're they're warriors more than anything. They're like Yeah. Yeah. So Nice. So how do you keep all that stuff straight then? Do you write it down or is this just all floating around in your head? Some stuff is flo- like some stuff is floating stuff that I haven't had a, a point to contextualize it yet where I'm like, oh, I know that this thing exists and like this is a thing that I know about this this race of creatures that I've made or this is something that I know about Galadwin or this is something I know, but I haven't like put it in because it'll, it'll just be like just too much information, you know? Because uh, that's that's a danger about creating your own universes in in fantasy novels is you don't you don't want to have this story that's just completely front heavy where you're just like and I spent ten chapters world building and then uh, I'm gonna guess tell the story now like there's a there's a danger to that because then it gets boring yeah oh yeah no, totally um so some stuff is yeah I just bobbing around in my head some stuff I jot down places where I'm like oh I don't want to forget I don't want to forget that like uh this race uh, has like no magical ability and they're terrified of magic but like that never comes up so far because we've only seen like one of that race Mm. Um, a a good example of that um, 
I guess is was one of my favorite characters in in Kingdom Come, uh, who is a race of skin changers, um, so that so the, their race can take on any sort of humanoid figure and and look like them and everything and not like not like a perfect exact replica but near enough that you're like yeah 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 that's oh that person that I know and they're like oh no it's not <laughs> so kind of like someone Ditto. else sorry kind of like Ditto. Do you know what Ditto yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Pokemon. He <laughs> can take uh, yeah, on exactly the form, but the face is always a Ditto face. <laughs> uh, sort of. I mean, like facially, they still look like them, but they okay. they might look slightly different. Where if you if you had like a, a copy of you and this this skin changer side by side, people would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can figure out which one's the real Cody, but um. If you weren't side by side, it'd be like, oh, that'd be easier to mistake that one for mm. for you. Okay. Um. So like with my that race of skin changers in my brain, they're always Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> they're like based on like ancient like Gaelic, and that's that's the the origin of my character Sadir's name is uh, kind of I took like three or two different Gaelic words and turned it into a name, mm. um, and essentially the words were like red and something else. Um, but that was, that's not something that like comes up, but also because Scotland is not a place in this book, right? Like it's my own <laughs> fantasy, fantasy land. So, yeah. um, that's something I have to pay attention to as well as, is writing stuff that only makes contextual sense in like earth speak. <laughs> like I went and wrote, I was writing something, uh, when we were on our honeymoon and, uh, I wrote something about like oh like that was his second strike or like his third strike or whatever I'm like that's a baseball term like that doesn't make sense here so then I have to go and find like a different thing where it's like oh it's a black mark against him that makes more sense that people still understand what that means Mm -hmm. but it's not like a a modern sports term that doesn't make sense in this fantasy world yeah yeah I tried uh, my hand at writing like some historical fiction stuff and, like, the analogies you use, you're, so like, hard. sometimes you randomly throw in an analogy, and you're, like, that's a completely modern-day analogy yeah. that wouldn't be like yeah. that in the... Like, like oh. maybe it makes sense if you're just trying to convey the story to the reader, but, like, in contextual sense, it, like, doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's tricky to remember thinking of those sometimes, because you're, like, we use idioms so often, I'll be like, mm. oh, like, I'll address the elephant, and you're, like, wait a second, the heck? Like, if I'm writing historical fiction, depending on the time, like... People don't even know what an elephant is. Like, yeah. they're what? And if so, you're making, like, a fantasy world where elephants don't exist, yeah. then... <laughs> yeah. And I think, that, like, that's kind of the nice thing about... Uh, the nice, comp- nice but also complicated part about, like, building a fantasy world sometimes is you can you can kind of create your own idioms. Mm. Um, and you can base them off of real-life idioms yeah. where you're like, oh, it's the, like, large whatever blah blah creature in the room. And people will be like, I don't know what that means, but, like... I, I know what that idiom would mean in, like, English, human English. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing it means about the same thing. And then contextually they'll figure out, like, oh, yeah, that's a cool idiom that the author has created that applies directly to this specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, I like, I, I wrote one actually very similar to that in the beginning of the book because I wanted to write something like, oh, it was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm like, but that's very much human. <clears throat> Not human, but, like, Earthy, yeah. Our this Earth, world. this this, this realm, <laughs> this realm of reality, this reality. Um, and I was like, okay, well, like, how will I rephrase that? I'm like, you know, what? I'm just gonna say, like, it's the it's the stone that broke the plow. It's like the plow can drive over so many smaller stones, but then it'll just like break on the one or whatever. I'm like, I don't even know if that makes any sort of sense in sort of 
uh, farming terms, but uh, <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, I, I was so speaking of farming terms and just knowledge that is escaping me. Uh, I was Tori was uh, help, having me listen to the uncut version of your guys's recording the other day, and I was laughing at the part about like weird research topics on the computer. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I've never researched gimp suits. I don't know why he's getting uh, requests from Wish for gimp suits. Although the weirdest, the first weirdest one that I ever got was like a fake tongue, and then yeah, like a woman's full leather suit that has a zipper over the butt. And I was like, what? What is happening? I don't understand this. And there's like like a full set of fake human teeth at one point too. I'm like, why is this coming up for me? There was a point where it was nonstop like wedding and crowns and really nice shoes and corsets and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, that makes sense wedding wise, but like some of the other stuff just was so making no sense. But there have been times though that I'm like, I'm sure that someone is looking at my like search history being like, what the hell? Cause I'll look up things like how far can like a laden horse travel in a day? How many miles? And I'm like, how um like population breakdowns <laughs> and be like how how much of the population is like age breakdowns and like medieval medieval population growth charts and stuff like that and it's super weird um and i feel like people will look at me like what the hell or uh yeah like how um how long can someone survive with like um uh, this part of their body chopped off or like uh like how how like stuff about stuff that's just like i would never know this because i never learn it yeah but uh stuff that i'm like oh man like i want this to be realistic and, and legitimate mm. um but one of my favorite authors always says she's like there's a point where you have to stop doing the research and you just have to write because uh, she's a big historical fiction writer and uh yeah she she freaking she heard a lot of her stuff is very fact-based there's a lot of like legitimate stuff going on in it but she's like there's a lot of times where you are spending 90 percent of your time researching for the book and 10 percent writing you're yeah, not, you're not creating writing anything it. you're just doing research and she's like, so there's a point where like what is the necessary stuff to include and what is just extra information you don't need anymore yeah i'm like that's very true it's very mm. legit Actually, I listened to, uh, Stephen King has a book, it's just called On Writing. Okay. It's just about him, and it's about the writing process through his eyes, yeah. and he kind of gives advice to, like, authors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it was written, like, a while ago. I think it was, like, it was published in, like, 2000 or something like that. It's still very good. I got the audiobook version, but yeah. what he says, at least, is you should just write the story and then the research should come after in, like, the you know, the second write or whatever, yeah. like... But everybody obviously does it differently, you know? Like, some for, for some people, it's easier to do the research in the moment. Yeah. For some people, it's not. And... For me, it's way easier to do the research in the moment because a lot of the time, I'm like, I don't want to miss something and then go back and then have, have published something or wrote something and be like, oh, shoot, like, I wrote this thing one... This one thing here but then didn't fix it later on. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, a lot, of, a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with like traveling by horse. <laughs> so, so like super strangely, I have, it's actually super, there are two things, like one was population breakdown of, of the land. Uh, where I wanted to figure out like, okay, if there's this many people in this land, does that make sense? Like the land is approximately this large. 
uh, is that like overpopulated also keeping in mind it's kind of like medieval land so like the population should be smaller blah 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 so like doing a population breakdown and figuring out like exactly like how many people are over the age of like 30 and how many over the age of 40 and like are there people who are over the age of like 60 um how many people are boys how many people are girls um and and stuff like that uh so that was i still have it somewhere and it's like a four page document of like just notes that i was taking and writing (laughs) stuff down where i'm like breakdown how many of the population is like human how much the population is feron how much of the population is this and all this and breaking all that down and and figuring that out um and then another really long series of like notes and, and stuff that i wrote down for research was uh yeah how far can horses travel on any given day when like burdened with a person and also like traveling gear and stuff like that and uh how far does that look like and um contextually like how far would that be in real life so like if i were to ride a horse like from calgary to edmonton how long would that take me if the horse is like whatever and so yeah those are like my two most extensive notes and everything else is just kind of i'll slot it in if i can find it Mm. but yeah When you're coming up with the initial ideas and stuff, do you just kind of, like, get whatever you can onto the page and then you rewrite it? Or, like, how does that work? Yes and no. It super depends on what I'm doing. So, um, I tend to write out a first draft, like, write it out physically. Yeah. Um, But, and then I'll I'll type it up later and then kind of do a first sort of edit as I do that. Yeah. However, um, sometimes I'll get to a point where I'll write, I'll write just kind of yeah, get whatever I can on the paper get like the the main big plot points out and then as I'm writing I'm like oh I didn't explain this enough I'll add some details and stuff um sometimes if I catch up to where I've written by hand I'll just keep typing yeah so then it's kind of super crappy because if I go to write by hand again I'm like oh shoot like the last thing I wrote was the end of chapter three and I know that I've typed up to like chapter five and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'll have to go in and see what I typed. And I'm like, oh, okay, I remember where I am. So I'll write from there on. So some of like my original notebooks and like original manuscripts of stuff uh, are very jumpy um, and uh, don't make any sort of chronological sense. Uh, and so, yeah, it's like a little, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of get whatever you can out. Um, I do tend to rewrite everything though after I finish my first draft. So I, I guess technically I'll go through three to five writes of a novel because I'll do my physical writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will tend to, even if parts are not written and they have been typed up, I will generally write a full novel front to back by hand first, minus some portions that I get just type. Uh, and then I'll type that all up and then I'll read through that and edit it. And then I will start a brand new document and retype everything word for word. Um, because I find that someone, someone had wrote that online. Like when I'm seriously doing something for publication, I'll print it off and rewrite. Am I going to print it off? Normally I have my tablet in one spot and then my computer in the other. But I, I see the benefit of that because um, you can kind of re-watch the story develop, whereas if you already have it all written, you're... It's tricky because, like, your brain sees what's happening next instead of just, like, 
word for word what's happening in that moment as you're paying mm. attention to it. So that was probably one of the most helpful tips that I'd seen as a writer. Um, writing is such a weird one too. Like it's like any sort of art where people can give you tips and that might work for them. Yeah. Um, and they'd be like, this is the only successful way to do something you like. Really? Because someone who's really, really famous for being a really excellent writer did none of those things you suggested. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's super <clears throat> contextual. And you never know what's going to take off. You never know what's going to be a hit. And you never know what's going to suck. And you never know what's going to work out for you. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. They're going to find a way that works for you and just do it that way. If yeah. that's what works for you and you're producing the stuff that you want to produce then yeah. just do it that way yeah. and like you shouldn't uh also uh, it's hard it's hard when you do love something and you are passionate about something and you do want to make it like go somewhere with it yeah it's hard not to compare yourself to the people who have come before you and the yes. things that have worked for, for them oh, and stuff absolutely um absolutely yeah yeah it's like that's why you know you get you see those advice and you, you see that advice and you see those tips and your stuff and you're like well if this person did it this way then i must have to do it this yeah. way and it's yeah and like it's, it's funny because like on on pinterest they bookmark so many like writing tips that people put online and one was like a stephen king thing it was like this is stephen king's like 10 tips for like most successful writing or whatever and someone just like put it as like point form little infographic mm. and some of it you'll see you'll be like oh yeah like that makes sense and i already do that mm. and some things you're like i disagree with that i fundamentally disagree with this one thing that someone's saying mm. um like i the, the one that was laughing specifically about like fantasy novels that one person's like stop giving your characters these like crazy unpronounceable names I'm like no like if you if you're building a world that's and that's like and you've built this background language and blah 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 and that's what works for those characters don't yeah it, don't don't mess with that and uh it was the same same on the same little like infographic like suggestion it was like don't you really don't need italics like ever i'm like really i disagree with that because mm. like in, in an audiobook sure you can hear when someone's saying like putting emphasis on words but i'm like sometimes that little visual clue makes something like sarcastic or yeah. humorous exactly or or put some emotion into it i'm like yeah you don't want to overuse your italics but yeah there's yeah cues that uh help but with it yeah it's like that's why uh italics exist it's like to yeah. get across it's this word is different there's a different emphasis on this word yes. <laughs> like yeah. so why that's the kind of unique thing about writing is you're basically trying to convey what is happening in your head putting it onto a page with all these rules basically that we've all kind of agreed upon that is language you know grammar yeah. punctuation spelling stuff like that and then you're trying to put those words and make the same picture that's happening in your head happen in somebody else's head yep. <laughs> yeah it's tricky there's certain times i'm like man i wish i was like a, a movie director like a producer or something where you like <laughs> make the things visually real but that's also a lot more expensive <laughs> yeah that's another more to do. it's like a completely different kind of skill set too yeah. it's like you can take like a whole chapter and you can condense it into a visual form into like two minutes or something you know mm -hmm. what i mean because you don't need to put all that des those descriptive words yeah. and stuff and you can just like do this one like smooth scene and you're like yeah, okay like 
I love like uh, graphic novels. Um, I think they're inc- incredible because yeah, you you cut down a lot on the uh, bulk of description descriptors descriptions mm-hmm. but then you've got uh you've got like a different aspect now you have to draw you've got to have that artistic artistic style yeah so yeah creating is hard <laughs> yeah but that's that just goes for yeah creating literally anything painting's hard music's hard anything yeah. worth doing is really hard to do yeah abs- <laughs> oh, absolutely so and uh i think it's discouraging to a lot of people because, like, especially in today's day and age is with Instagram and social yeah. media and stuff, you see all these famous people and you don't, you don't see their journey. No. You just see them being good at this thing. Yeah. So you just assume that it's like, oh, they've always just been good at this thing. They were yeah. born to do this thing. So yeah. I'm never going to be able to do this thing because my stuff right now sucks. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super crappy. Like, as I follow a lot of artists on Instagram... Um, and I look, I'm like, oh man, like, um, I've within the past, like two years, I guess I've gotten back into, or not back, well, sort of back into, I've gotten into digital art Mm -hmm. and, um, I look at some stuff that people create and I'm like, I'm never going to get to that point. I'm like, no, 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 chill out for a second. Like you, how long have they been doing this for? Yeah. Like years. Um, so yeah, you're not going to be getting exactly the way they're doing their stuff yet and like also you need to figure out your own style like don't worry about mimicking someone else's and it's it's hard yeah with with um yeah social media you don't yeah you don't see the journey a lot of the time you just see the end results and people aren't getting that like i'm i see it so much in my kid in my students that they don't like there's so much more i think anxiety and depression and just pressures on yourself to be this perfect thing um and kids don't realize as much like no there's a process to get there there's a lot of behind the scenes work going on but they don't see that they Mm. just see the what's going on and like as an adult i'm lucky because i i know like i can see and i have the ability to say okay I know there's more going on there. And even then, there's still days where I'm like, oh, man, like, oh, yeah. that person's way better than me. Like, I wish I... And, and it sucks, because me as an adult, I'm able to point that out. And these are kids who, they just don't get it yet, so... Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. even even as adults, you have those days where you're like, why am I even trying? Like, look yeah. at where this person is. Like, they're so good. And exactly. I'm like, ah, why do I exactly. even try? And then you're like, oh, yeah, no, I like doing this. This is why I do this. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. You just kind of always have to remember why you're doing the thing you do. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And the answer should be, at least, is you're doing it because you enjoy doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, Number one reason should be because you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not enjoying the process and you're not enjoying, you know, the journey, basically. Yeah. Like, it's that whole... Don't, don't bother. <laughs> it's that, that whole quote about it's not about the destination, it's the journey or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what what advice would you give maybe to young writers, then? Um, the same sort of repetitive advice that I always got, which is like, just don't stop writing, Mm. like never give up and read a lot. Like, I think that that is what helps me a lot and it, it's great and it sucks because like reading lots gets me exposed to a lot of really cool stuff, but because I'm reading it sometimes from like a writer's perspective, 
I'm picking up more so on like, oh, how do you form your sentences? And like, what does your uh, dialogue style look like? And that sort of thing. And I'm sometimes missing out on like more subtle nuances in the text and stuff. Mm. And, uh, and I'll kind of miss more, I guess, surface level stuff because I'm looking at or I'm missing deeper stuff because I'm looking at surface level stuff like oh how do you format things and how do you uh, describe stuff and how do you introduce new characters and how do you have these things happening so for me yeah big thing is absolutely suggestion is read lots and pay attention write lots uh, don't compare yourself with others you're you're competing with your past self I guess Mm. Um, rewrite stuff if you're like, I wrote something really, really good, but, you know, like, it's been a few years and it's definitely not as good as I thought it was back then, rewrite it again. Mm-hmm. Make it better. Because mm-hmm. um, you can only... You can only get better. Writing is a hard one because after a certain point, there's no more, like, super distinctive upward progress. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there can be, but it's not like when you write when you're little and you can see that you're not writing sentences in complete ways and you're writing fragments and you're writing your three page long args or whatever yeah. <laughs> like you can see that you've improved since then but yeah, exactly. um there's certain points where you're like oh i wrote a paragraph like three months ago and i wrote a paragraph about the same thing now and i can see it's better because i've described something better or i've cut out all like the unnecessary stuff so i guess yeah just be open for feedback find people you trust to give you feedback we're big on on reading and uh, are able to tell you like hey this is engaging this was less engaging mm-hmm. this is interesting this was less interesting and stuff like that mm-hmm. but uh yeah just always always write always read and always strive to be better than you were few months ago yeah that's the one thing that i definitely noticed once i started writing is like when i read books now and i see just like grammatical errors or punctuation errors or spelling errors even it like takes me completely out of the flow of consciousness that's happening it's (laughs) it's so distracting so there aren't like huge grammatical errors in my book, but I'm my I was my own editor, right? Like I'm published independently. Yeah. So like I I edited my own novel and as someone who's consumed with it, I don't pick on really little tiny things the way an editor would. So there's been a couple times where Tori's pointing out he's like you wrote it instead of is, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> and like, it's because it's because uh, you know Microsoft Word, as I'm using it, isn't going to pick that out because that's a real word. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not grammatically incorrect necessarily in the spot. It's just like it's it's definitely wrong. Mm. Uh, and there's there's a point where I was reading Tori my book on our road trip, and uh, I went to read something. It was like it was a, a pain in her heart, and I wrote a pain in her head. And I was like, Yep. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and it's, and, uh, it's funny because no matter how many times you read it, you don't pick up on those things. Yeah, and like, then there'll be certain things where you're like, damn it. Like, I left that part in, or I didn't, oh, sh- I screwed that up. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I just resubmitted my first novel for actual publication through an actual publisher, so mm-hmm. hopefully they'll be like, yeah, we'll do it. And I'll be like, cool, I need an actual editor yeah, then to actually go this, through this. It'll <laughs> be like my version two before I get the sequel out. Yeah. So I can make sure it's aces. Cool. Well, um, I guess 
Are there any final things you want to say? And also, you know, plug the shit out of your book and whatever. <laughs> um, so my book is still available on Amazon. Uh, it's an ebook for a dollar uh, on Amazon Kindle, or you can get it for, I think, $12 US or 16 Canadian. Uh, I think with Prime, you get, like, free shipping with it. Well, yeah, you would. It's Prime. But, uh, so it's cheaper if you do it through Prime. Um, yeah. I don't have too many more tips or last words of wisdom. Um, working on some other stuff. Um, if people want to follow me on social media, uh, it's Writer D Power um, on Instagram. And... I think it's the same writer Danic power on Facebook. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Cool. And unless you're one of her students listening to this, don't be creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. I don't want. I have a bunch of students already following me on my writer Instagram because okay. it's like prof- it's professional. Okay. So you can my... follow her on her writer yeah, Instagram. Anyone can follow my writer Instagram. It's full. It's it's open. Anyone can follow that. My personal Instagram is private <laughs> it's for me and my friends eyes only yeah so cool well yeah. thanks for coming on the show yeah thanks for having me yeah if you liked this episode of the podcast why not leave a review you can find us on itunes stitcher and google play for up-to-date information on the podcast follow us on facebook and twitter you can find us at Froggy Style Productions. That's Frog, the letter E, Style Productions. For more ways to support the show, visit fsproductions.ca.